0: Coming to CuriosityStream, go on an adventure 66 million years in the making with Dino Week. From new discoveries about the dinosaurs we
1: thought we knew, to the mind blowing species still being unearthed, and the controversial discovery that could rewrite history, did dinosaurs survive longer
0: than imagined? Dino Week on CuriosityStream. And with monthly, annual, and bundled pricing plans, find the one that works for you at CuriosityStream.com. Greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome in today for episode 98 of the Pod podcast. I'm your host, Char Char J, joined in by my co-host, Luke. What's going on, everybody? And here Productions. Welcome back, everyone. Everyone's having a fantastic Thursday night. Today, we're going to be discussing season three, episodes 15 and 16 of Star Wars Rebels, also known as The Trials of the Darksaber and Legacy of Mandalore. We're going to be diving into a lot of Sabine Wren, some Gar Saxon, Ursa Wren, Sabine's family, the clan, Ezra, Kanan fenral everything and all that good stuff luke harith we ready to go yep (sighs) the jedi knights are all but destroyed and yet your task is not complete inquisitor the emperor has foreseen a new threat rising against him the
1: pod ones podcast
2: we are back okay i got a little i got a little trigger happy on that one sorry yeah, I you apologize. did. I mean, yeah. I probably would
0: have said let's dive and just went right into that. But anyway, yeah. So today we're talking about season three, episode 15, 16 trial of the Darksaber and Legacy of Mandalore. We got one guest on today, which honestly, this is like the, the most qualified guest we have for a specific arc. So let's bring in Dedra Miro, the second Star Wars lawyer, Beth at Mara J.
2: Skywalker. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> she's the better one.
3: <laughs> Ooh, wow. Out of the gate.
2: Those are those are fighting words right there. But here's the caveat, though. You have actually worked for an entity that worked with Lucasfilm. So technically, you are the Star Wars lawyer.
4: Our firm is one of the, like, 72 that represents Disney slash Lucasfilm in some capacity. So you're not incorrect. Okay,
0: Luke's <laughs> over here looking for a Trump card. Like, okay, here we go. I Uno, got Uno <laughs> no, reverse. You're not the Star Wars lawyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's the yeah. Star <laughs> Wars
2: lawyer. <laughs> Uno, Uno reverse on Chris. Uh, but Beth, where can the good people follow you on social media?
4: You can find me at all the variations of Mara J. Skywalker. This on TikTok, Mara underscore J. Skywalker on Twitter, and then Mara J. Skywalkers. There are multiples of us apparently on Instagram. <laughs> Just like to keep it, you know, consistency.
2: Well, thank you for coming on, Char. We also have a second guest. We do. Um, he is the. Well, actually, we'll we'll mention it in a minute. The reigning Pod
0: 1 Star Wars Trivia Tournament champion, and he is coming to talk about Trials of the Darksaber and Legacy of Mandalore. Let's bring in our buddy Pep at Element 7.
2: Hey, y'all. What's going on, Element? (laughs)
1: Not much. How are Uh, you? I forgot this was happening, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this episode was scheduled way far in advance
2: well it's such such typical pod ones fashion we we schedule things like years in advance right yeah
1: I, I feel like this was scheduled scheduled it. it's
3: like almost two years in advance <laughs> flashbacks to me and Pap at emerald city being like hey you want to just be on to the dark saber yeah sure <laughs> yeah yeah was it then yeah (laughs) yeah i think it was but
2: anyway uh pep where can the good people follow you on the social medias tiktok at
1: underscore element seven underscore and uh youtube at dyad in the force d-y-a-d in the force with my good dyad choco
2: oh yeah saturdays at 5 p.m there you go there you go yeah pep uh you 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 are indeed
0: the reigning odd one star wars trivia champion do you do you by chance have the belt by you
1: it's right there I don't know if you can see it. Oh Yeah, there you yeah. Go. yeah. Yes. There you it doesn't go. stand oh. on its own, so it's like. Oh, it's dark. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, oh. um, so we want to make an announcement to you guys. Um, the Pod One Star Wars trivia tournament is back. It'll be coming. It'll be starting next week. It's been set. We have 16 competitors and this we got a whole brand new setup of competition, questions, everything. So, Luke, you want to pull up and see, show the bracket of what this tournament's going to, uh, what w- 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 it will show within these next
1: few months.
2: Give me one second. I will get it in here. I'll just talk. <laughs> <laughs> just entertain everyone. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. Speaking, speaking of the speaking of the, the tournament, like. A lot of people that I've been talking to was was like doing the qualifiers and they're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't do so well. And I was like, listen, I'm the champion. I didn't do. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speed. <laughs> Speed and time is not your best friend. OK, but yeah. when it comes down to it and you have the time to like really think about things and to just remember things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'll do well. So
0: I'm trying to remember. So we have about, I think we have 10 returners, six new players. Is that right, Jack? I don't know. I think Luke, pull up the bracket. What's taking you so long? Hold on,
3: give me a second. Luke needs to learn how to use technical knowledge.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just Luke. leave me alone. <laughs> Lu- Luke, no one leaves you alone. No, absolutely no not. I get you hassled alone. all the fucking Luke, time. Luke, you're like a dog in a house. We can't leave you alone. You're oh a puppy. Like, you're going to go... <laughs> <laughs> Is there another question for a Sue number of a trash compactor in Death Star case?
2: Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, there's right there not. There's not. But, there's the, but um, if you know, I, you know. There we go. And then I'll make this full screen. All right. So we have the first seat, which is
0: David, Xanatos1138. He will be facing Brennan from Cloud City Conversations. Then we have Tia facing Element 7 down here. In the first round, we have Keegan at Movie Man Opinions facing Haley at Corellia Coffee Works. And then we have Bucky, aka basically Bucky, Ginger's or Plants, whoever you want to um, refer to her on her social media, facing Chris, Star Wars lawyer, aka the second Star Wars lawyer. And then we have Pat versus Carter. And then we have JJ versus Nick, codenamed Fulcrum. And then we have ND Wise Guy facing Swaycer. And then we have Keir versus Hayden, aka Taika Watiti. This is going to be crazy. I'm just so excited to see who's going to do well. We have eight and eight, eight returners, eight newbies. So uh, I'm excited. So the competition's going to be heated. It's going to be fun.
2: Absolutely. Be cool. So, for the icebreaker question, chat and uh, people here, who are you rooting for in this tournament? Out of the
0: 16 competitors.
2: And that's including you, Pat. Who are you rooting for? And don't say everybody. <laughs> well, I mean
1: i'm going against uh mommy in the first round if she beats me then i'm gonna root for her to go all the way there
2: you go If i can't say everybody (laughs) (laughs) beth who are you rooting for
4: um i'm rooting for us the fans who get to watch this (laughs) (laughs) we're already we're already winning like
2: we're already winning with this so it's gonna be incredible. Yeah. Um, that's answer better. Yeah, that, that that that's the correct answer. <laughs> there's only one correct answer. But, but no, there's it. a no, but there's a couple of good answers that I would I would say that are good. Um, Harris, who are you who are you who are you taking? Who
3: am I taking, or who am I rooting for? That's two different rooting, questions. Who are you
2: who are you rooting for? The the problem is that me and Char can't really say that so, we're rooting for somebody because we're <laughs> who we're, we're I'm putting taking it on.
3: overall in the tournament is different than who I'm rooting for. But if I had to say who I'm rooting for specifically, I'm rooting for my old co-host, Carter, to obviously go against Pat.
0: Yeah, Pat, you heard that in the chat. Don't take it personally, because Harith is uh Harith has a bias. Look, you knew I was
1: a biased opinion here. If you were to ask me that other question, I would I would root for me because I want to lose.
2: Oh, <laughs> well, no, yeah, absolutely, and it's different than last year. the 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 champion is part of the tournament. So it's it's like March Madness. And speaking of March Madness, can we put bets? You know, I we do not we do not uh, condone gambling. But if you want to DM me later, we can give you some odds. We just uh, like, start a FanDuel yeah. for, for our tournament. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we start putting it odds. We start putting it odds. <laughs>
4: Um, Wait, can it be like fantasy uh, football too? Can we have like fantasy (laughs) players? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys just
2: take a player and you're like, you you, you get them at a certain odds.
0: Oh my Um. God. Imagine if we did March Madness brackets for this and everyone was like, I think this, 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 this.
2: Oh my God. That would be be wild. (laughs) That'd be wild. And if someone got a
0: perfect bracket, that'd be
2: crazy. No, Char. Okay, so obviously you and I can't say who we're rooting for because that would be then put air put yeah our- i really honestly i don't even have like
0: a specific competitor that i want to win like mm-hmm. everyone this is fair game oh yeah is all fair game because yeah. i think that at this point in time with having eight new players against eight returning players the returners already know the format they know how it works they know what to expect they know the the, the difficulty of the questions but the newcomers they'll have to yeah. do some reviewing they'll have to do some you know watch you of the old uh competitions yeah and do a little bit of studying because um for the time trials, like as Pep mentioned earlier, those are just that's just a little taste of what to expect because you'll be getting all the shows, all the films, and it, they're all going to be intertwined into one game. Yeah, and the wheel is going to be crazy. And as yeah. the new shows come out, we have to add Andor. We got to add Bad Batch season two questions. Hey, we the Jedi. Add Mando season three questions. Like, yep. yeah, it's it's going to be nuts. So I'm really looking forward to seeing who gets those questions right and who goes the longest.
2: I will say the match I'm most excited to call is Kier and uh, Kier and Hayden because Kier, if we remember, <laughs> Kier almost had Pep in the in the semifinals last year. She was like what one or two questions away. Like uh, Kier, Kier, don't sleep on Kier. I tell you what, last year she was the Cinderella. She started in the play in game and made it all the way to the semis. So it it was that match is going to be fun because Hayden's pretty knowledgeable of a lot of things. So watching those two duke it out is going to be fun. And I also think uh, JJ and uh, Nick, codenamed Fulcrum, are also going to be really
0: good which is cool because those are two brand new competitors facing each other same with uh Wise Guy and swacer those oh, are another yeah. two matchup it, it, where it's just two brand
2: it, new yeah, players yeah casey is another one and obviously you can't you can't you can't keep out element at all so you know he's he's probably in the lab working on things a little bit and (laughs) but yeah no i'm just excited to finally get this out to you guys because we've been talking about it forever now and the fact that we are this close um well so for releasing i think we're gonna try to release once a week um we're gonna try to record all of the first round next weekend or even Friday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, and then we'll start working on things, getting promos out, start doing all those things. I would say, tell you for sure, we'll have more details on when you should expect the first match. But it's, it's going to be it's going to be wild. Yep. Um, and
0: then Kenny in the chat said still only video media
2: or are there now books At it? No, we are still
0: adhering to the visual media because um, there's so many books. There is a and, shit ton of books. And to find everyone because like if we ask a book question and if one person's read it and one person hasn't. It doesn't really make you know, it, fair. it It could be a little it, it's a little bit swayed. Yeah. So, because the the visual media, it's easily accessible, and I mean, if you're a Star Wars fan, I'm sure you've seen all the visual media well over ten times at
2: least. Uh oh. Um, Oh, Toughest part. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh -oh. (laughs) (laughs) Element getting called out. How did I win because of luck?
1: Oh, I because mean, because because Choco nope, I I knew those questions too. I mean I the
2: mean The resistance. I mean, Element, I, I mean I mean Choco. <laughs> I knew did. those resistance questions. It ain't my fault he didn't. <laughs> but 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 like he also like he spun the wheel what? It wasn't once. No, so he he speed he didn't like he got it. Twice. In the second
0: round, or no, in the wheel round, he got it back to back times.
2: Yes.
0: and then um
3: for the um
2: the third round, the, he yeah, picked quite a quad up resistance. Round, right? Yeah, from the speed round, or was it for picked... the wager?
3: It was no, a, it, it was, was wheel wager and something else.
2: Yeah. He uh he did not get the fairest. I'm not it's not fair. It's not that it's fair or not. He just got really fucking unlucky. And I <laughs> No, no, no. End end look. look
0: no. But like that's the thing. That's that's the that's an it's part of the game.
2: Yeah, it is. Sometimes
0: you game. get lucky and sometimes you don't.
2: Yeah. And yeah.
0: sometimes you're unlucky throughout the entire game and, and sometimes you're lucky throughout the entire game. I mean, in my experience, so there's no such thing as luck. Oh, okay, and If I'll you know won. the questions, you know oh. the content, you know what you're <laughs>
2: expecting. <laughs>
0: You should be, you should be coasting through this. So it's if you want to do well, you got to prepare. Yeah, because I'm uh, telling you, these questions are not going to be like who's Luke Skywalker's father. Let me no. tell you that it's that's nope, we're gonna man. be. It's <laughs> gonna be a very if they really dig deep. You got to remember quotes. You got to remember lines. You got to remember characters. Like very
3: like like. Yeah. You got to know like locations and. Or my favorite question, the crawl questions. I just skim the crawl or not pay attention. If you want to see
0: these. 16 competitors including pap compete like and just be able to showcase their knowledge be prepared for these next few months
1: oh um, i'm glad to bring it back i think the toughest thing is going to be the newer shows nah, yeah true sure. yes mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah and or and is a uh, you'll have to you'll have to go through i mean you could re the show but like it, you only you have to remember like very specific and unique things like
1: Harith out there writing down the entire monologue from Luther. <laughs> <laughs> hey, complete the last 20 words.
3: Oh, right whiteboard, write it down maybe.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, element. So you you're you're our reigning champion. What advice would you give to new players or people that are watching that want to maybe compete in let's say next years or uh the next event that we have what, what what how would you say what's the best way of like preparing or any suggestions in the game?
1: Rewatch everything but also pad your weaknesses because a lot of people I mean listen a lot of people don't like certain shows so they haven't watched it or they they they've watched it and they like it and then so they kind of put it in the back of their mind. If you want to win then you're gonna watch those shows religiously and just kind of burn it into your mind otherwise just take just take the the torture watch watch the show that you really really hate and just be like mm, what's going on here like it might even actually make you like it too so <laughs> yeah you know but yeah definitely definitely pad your weaknesses for sure
2: yeah absolutely i mean everybody's got a week figure out what their weaknesses get in the lab do some cooking and stuff like that so should make for a fun another fun uh tribute tournament so but one thing i recommend for
0: the people competing do not watch the movies or the shows comfortably like you gotta be you gotta pay
2: real close attention yeah no yeah yeah, you don't want to be in, in your in your favorite movie spot at home. You want to be sitting. I, hell, I'd watch it on a computer while you're sitting in a desk. Take mm-hmm. down notes and do stuff like that. So, yeah. But anyway, we're not just here to talk about trivia. We're here to talk about the Darksaber. And I the mean, story. I could talk about it all day, but. <laughs> I know. I know you can. I know you can. Uh, but let's dive into the story of the Darksaber arc. All right. So we are back. We are talking about uh, episodes 15 and 16 of Star Wars Rebels from season three um, titled uh, Trials of the Darksaber and Legacy of Mandalore, a.k.a. Trials of the Darksaber arcs, like how I ha- I like to explain it. Uh, Trials of the Darksaber, uh, Kanan brings in Fen Rao, uh, shows in the Darksaber. We get a little bit of lore about the Darksaber that we had never had more in depth to. Uh, knowledge of the dark saber besides of what was said to obi-wan in season two of the clone wars who hadn't seen the clone wars before uh the dark saber was created by the first ever mandalorian jedi um when he died the jedi kept it the mandalorians ended up going in and stealing it and it's basically excalibur whoever has excalibur rules England or rules Mandalore. That's the long and short of it. And Beth will get into more of like the logistics of the Darksaber <laughs> here soon. Um, uh, so obviously we see that Sabine gets it in the uh, mall episode. Uh, she gave it to Kanan because she doesn't really know what to do with it. The knowledge behind the Darksaber is that you... Uh, you you have you have to beat the beholder to be able to wield it, and basically this episode is just Kanan and Ezra and Fenrau trying to get Sabine to like reconcile with not only herself but the ability that she can use it, which goes into a, a way deeper part of her character, especially in this episode. She ends up learning how to do it. Uh, she gets into some skirmishes with Ezra and Kanan. Uh, Hera's like talking to Kanan at one point, saying like Hey, you need to let her use it." like you can't just keep protecting her she's not like Ezra you got to she she doesn't she doesn't how do i you're teaching a build, you're teaching methods with Ezra are not going to be the same as as Sabine obviously because she's a Mandalorian so she gets the knack of it she gets her ass kicked she learns things from Kanan And then she's finally able to, like, let go of a lot of the things that have been on on her mind. And we get a Bendu uh, cameo as well in this, but no, like, him talking. But basically, my first question of this episode is, in Trials of the Darksaber, how does Sabine struggle with her family her past, deeper exploitation of her character and inner conflicts, and how does it relate to the larger themes in Star Wars of identity, heritage, power struggles within the universe?
4: Wow, that's a deep question.
1: <laughs> uh, my answer is McDonald's. Next question. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> what mean, if all the Mandalorians just went to McDonald's? I mean...
1: <laughs> then
2: they'd yeah. all stop fighting each other. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they just have a, they'd just get happy meals for all the kids, and they'd all be happy.
0: Mandalorians are weak once they lose their chicken nuggets. Oh, (laughs) Oh
2: my God.
1: Struggling with the fact that she thinks that what she has done in the past, what she's done to survive and within the larger, you know, scope of galactic affairs, you know, she really is lame or she really wants to take accountability for it. And this symbol that enters her life, like this thing was held by the first Mandalorian Jedi and it represents, even though we don't know if it actually is what, tar intended it for it to be presents to mandalorians the thing that unites them the thing that that they that they muster behind and she's trying to she's trying to contend with having it wielding it holding that symbol but also within her past you know being responsible for creating something that was horrific and and devastating to her own people and and so you know, as it relates to the larger theme of Star Wars, it's just everybody has done horrible things in their past. You know, whether it's whether it's the Jedi's failures or people trying to survive within the Imperial era and then finding their place within like the rebellion to finally right some wrongs. Everyone has done something, but they have to come to terms with and reconcile with that past Um In order to move on and not necessarily forget the past, but to just kind of like find a uh, find a way to live with it, which is what I always say is I don't I don't think anybody ever kind of gets past their their what they've done before. They just find a way to live with it and comes from do the ends justify the means. And I always say the ends never justify the means you only find a way to live with it. And so, it's basically, I, I came to that conclusion with Luthan's speech, but essentially, you know, Sabine is trying to find that that, that balance or that, that sweet spot to stand in between what she did for the Empire to, to survive, because obviously they took over Mandalore, and then like holding the symbol of the future.
2: Yeah, take a swing at it do you want to give yeah. us a little bit of uh dark saber lore as well while you're at it
4: sure i mean do you want do you want the the lore or do you want my i can i can do both we can do both we'll yeah do
2: both. let's do the we'll do both
4: okay um so to answer your question first about identity and how this kind of arc shapes the bean i think one of the things that is intrinsic to all mandalorians is the fact that their heritage and their past is interval to their self-perception and their self-identity as Mandalorians. Um, so not only is Sabine struggling with the fact that like she did something clearly that she knows is bad, obviously, um, when she was working for the Empire, but it's dealing with the fact that this is something that's not only just, okay, it's bad for Mandalore, like it's bad for Mandalorians. This is something that's fundamental to who she is as a person. And it's something that she's never able to really separate her identity from. Um, and I'm sure that's something that she struggled with, even when she was, you know, at the Imperial Academy. And so to try and reconcile that and actually sit there and face it, I think it just it really does mirror again, it's like the whole George Lucas quote, like, it's like poetry, it rhymes, but it really does mirror a lot of things that we see, like in Empire Takes Back, like, you know, Luke facing his little fears and stuff, not his little fears, sorry. He has, he has big fears. I don't <laughs> wanna <to> diminish that. <laughs> don't diminish that. I'm like, wait, I don't wanna make that sound wrong. But, you know, it's very much about like confronting the darkness within and, you know, kind of powering through and rising above that. But I think Sabine's case, it's really interesting because it's not just a normal person who's worked for the Empire and then realized, like, oh, I did all these atrocious things. This is horrible. It, I mean, it's equivalent to, or at least, I know in universe, it's, it's almost like, you know, genocide, basically. Um, so yeah, so it's her, she's just such a fascinating character. I just, I love Sabine. And I feel like the, the fact that she's an artist, right. She reminds Mm -hmm. me so much of kind of a chameleon. And I think that a lot of what we see and this could just be me going off, but a lot of what we see with kind of that art is probably her trying to work out different pieces of her, like identity and stuff like that. Cause I think, that's it's like a good coping mechanism. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. So that's that's a long-winded answer for I think that it's you know it's being a Mandalorian is intrinsic to who she is and she has to really confront that and then really accept the fact that she is a Mandalorian and she is going to continue to fight for Mandalore in her actions and in her words.
2: No, oh, yeah, that's 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 perfectly said.
1: I call I call her before this Boba Fett and after this Din Djarin. Yes, because Boba, yeah. f- he's he's not a Mandalorian, but like a lot. But let's say people lobby that, love that label onto him, you know. And he's like, I don't care about Mandalore. He's like, it, it, this this has never been a part of my identity. And people, and you know, the fans are like, but you are. It's like, stop it, I'm telling <laughs> it, But like. <laughs> and, Boba Fett is, like, someone hopes th- him to be a Mandalorian, and, like, a- and he just doesn't have that identity, and and Sabine, uh, you know, struggles with it, with having it, and then afterwards, you know, she kind of comes to grips with it and that's that's when she becomes Dinjarn in a way.
2: No, yeah. I, I can totally see that. No, Beth, you were gonna say something. Oh,
4: I was just gonna say she doesn't check the Darksaber on rotation though. So. <laughs> 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 so, sorry, that was like the best part is, like, this ancient relic that is so treasured among its society. It's just like checked in baggage. It's like chef's kiss. Beautiful way to take
2: that trope and just turn it on its head. No, but you guys said it perfectly. Like the her transition, like like she like I think this is the best episode if you are a Sabine fan this has to be your favorite episode because there is so much and I feel like the acting and the writing of this episode specifically are what puts it towards the top of a lot of Rebels fans lists because you get that emotional attachment with Sabine and the connection with the Darksaber that she that Kanan is trying to get her through her past struggles and trying to get herself to to forgive herself for all the things the way she is just so darn hot-headed and just stubborn and it just rubs and it's just like Kanan is just like ah, I can't do this and then and then Hera's finally just like stop teaching her like a Jedi. That was my
0: favorite part of the first episode when he's talking to Hera he's like I, she's she's so
2: Mandalorian thank you.
4: <laughs> it was such a dad moment it was just like this big, biggest dad energy.
2: <laughs> no but it, it's 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 true though because Kanan is only used to teaching Ezra like he's never known any other way than the Jedi way and here 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 he has to really put his put himself in somebody else's shoes, somebody else's cultures. He, him and Sabine. Yes, they have known each other. But but Hera makes the great the best point is that it took her forever to trust us. And it's like, why can't you just show her that trust with the dark saber? Like she's more than capable of using it. And And, I think that's the perfect thing. Go ahead.
3: Yeah. And I feel like the the reason why this episode works so well compared to a lot of rebels episodes is because again, it just feels like rebels is finally being like, yes, we have a lot of plot driven episodes, but like, let's, Really, just take the time and just focus on what makes Sabine Sabine. And I feel like if it was like nothing's like a Home Wars episode, we would have just sped past her entire like backstory with her training. It would have been like, really over but i feel like i really like how they really just took the time and was like no let's focus on sabine what makes her tick why is she the way she is and just kind of peeling back that onion of layers of just slowly getting to the core of it yeah, yeah.
1: also also the fact that she's not for she's not force sensitive well mm-hmm. i mean like
3: arguably there's
1: some kind of attunement there that we can headcanon trying to teach someone to connect with something and and like this is the this saber is like an extension of you and then they're like but i don't feel anything <laughs> so <laughs> Him, yeah. Just like trying to talk to Ezra. And he's like, oh, yes, the force flows through me. And then like um, Sabine, where all of her, all of her baggage is what needs to to connect versus external force that needs to flow, which is interesting enough.
2: Yeah. And just to see her finally like take like take out all of her frustration and just have that. I think that's one of the best scenes in Star Wars animation or like live action. Just seeing like the way I can't think of her name. What What's the voice actors for Sabine? Tia Sakar. Tia Sakar. She absolutely knocked out of the park. Like just the way she was able to afflict like her actual emotions on. And, and it's and, and I feel like people take voice acting for granted. Like voice acting is not easy. Like, yes, you're in a booth, but you're in a booth just as long as you would be on set doing something. You know what I mean? You're still and, acting. Yeah, you're still you're still acting. You're still giving a performance. I mean, if you look and watch Sam Witwer do that scene where where we first get introduced to Maul again in Clone Wars, he's literally physically like acting and doing the motions and you can just see his inflection. And I, I, I just cannot commend voice actors like their jobs are not easy, but it looks like
3: so much fun well speaking of like the whole like tia acting i learned this recently because again i was watching the like the behind the scenes of the filming of this episode originally what they'll do is they'll have the actors kind of just do a dry run and then they'll record it and then that's what they end up using in the take uh for like the episode but they flipped it for this episode they actually had uh tia as she was reading it become the take of it because they wanted to capture just the rawness of the emotions just the emotional side of sabine and i think it just works so perfectly
0: I also have something to add to But you know what's so brilliant about Dave Filoni? When you go, when you watch this episode and you go back and watch Book of Boba Fett, Din Djarin is wielding the Darksaber and it's insanely heavy. He's not able to wield it. You learn why that is from this episode because Kanan is telling Sabine because Sabine's like, oh, it's a lot heavier than I expected. And then Kanan goes in a whole speed about the crystal has energy. The energy is connected through you and is connected through your emotions and this and this and that. And once you let that go, it'll, it'll come to you. And then as she's training more and more, she's like, oh, it feels lighter. And she's like, The energy, it's connecting with you and Mm -hmm. it's becoming a part of her. So that's the reason why Din Djarin wielding the dark saber just didn't work because he just didn't know how to wield it. He wasn't yeah. connecting with the crystal. He wasn't connecting with the saber like Sabine is.
1: I also cry every time that hap- that scene happens with Sabine, where, she, where she's just like letting go of everything and just mm-hmm. wailing on Kanan. Mm-hmm. I imagine in a future episode of Mandalorian, when when Grogu can, in effect, speak, <laughs> just just giving him just
2: giving him lessons that like picked up from Luke
1: dad it's an extension of you okay
2: (laughs) (laughs) well the dark saber is gone now it is wow the the same (laughs) thing
1: happened to the skywalker saber wink wink
2: oh yeah that's (laughs) true that's true uh but beth what do you think logistically wise for that scenario um what 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 do you think is going to end up happening with the Darksaber?
4: As far as after Mandalorian? Oh, I think, I mean, I I hope it's broken because it's this big extended metaphor as far as like the old ways of Mandalore and clearly how the old ways are not working. And that's, you know... The the infighting is obviously has been an issue for a very long time, and that has kept the clans separate. And the dark is a symbol of you know the element that keeps the clans separate and that had um that had kept them divided, even though, it was, and they're united as Mandalorians. And so, as long as it continued to exist, there was always going to be, and there will always be somebody trying to fight for it at some point. Um, and so, it can't. In order for like Bo to finally have a moment of peace in her life I, it just it can't exist anymore if they actually want to like rebuild mandalore and have it be a functional society so yeah i hope they don't i hope they don't put it back together
0: you know, you know what the funny thing i've realized over the years i i feel like the mandalorians at this time are kind of a metaphor of the star wars community if you think about it yeah because like each one like they adhere to like a certain part of the fandom or they align with this group like how clan ren aligns with the empire there's a Mandalorian clan for each part of like, yeah, at the time, like when, <laughs> when like the Mandalorians at this time are just so divided and then each, like they don't, like you said, there's infighting and a lot of Star Wars fandom is infighting. Really? And it, it it's, you know, we got to unite. We gotta unite, but yeah. Yeah,
4: Yeah, you're not wrong. One of those things, like, is art a reflection of society, or did it just unintentionally happen that way?
0: Yeah, I I mean, that's what I've just noticed. Like, the way that, like, their approach and the way that they're so divided that they don't really want to work with each other. And there's some that either go with the Empire or they're on their own doing their own thing. It's, I mean, I go back to
1: my Boba Fett thing, you know? Does he identify as a Mandalorian? No. Why do you call him a Mandalorian? Respect how he identifies.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're going to move on to Legacy of Mandalore. The uh, little synopsis is uh, decided to go and recruit Clan Wren, which is Sabine's family. They. Which planet are they going to? I can never remember. They're, yeah, they're going to Cronus. Cronus. Yeah. Cronus. Take notes, trivia people. Yeah, yeah. Take (laughs) notes. Yeah. 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 Now, now that might, now that might be a question for Rebels. So yeah, be prepared. Deja vu. Yeah. Watch the, watch the podcast. Maybe you'll get some tips. Uh, (laughs) Like they crash land, Ezra, uh, Sabine and Kanan have to get into a little skirmish. Uh, Sabine has been the entire time. Hey, don't kill these people. And like <laughs> Ezra accidentally re- deflects a bolt right back at her brother. And then it's it's revealed that her bro- that she has a brother. Um, we meet her mother. Uh, her mother portrays them by calling a Gar Saxon, who we met earlier when with the Protector episode. He shows up. All hell breaks loose. Uh, Sabine uses Ezra's lightsaber, which might be a cool little question for later about Ezra's lightsaber. Um, uh, we, we do see we, what <laughs> everything, everything doesn't have to be like, <laughs> wait, no, no, now I feel like
0: every like 30 seconds, you're going to talk about something like, oh, that could be a potential good trivia question. People. No, 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 he's talking
2: about Ahsoka. No, yeah, I was talking about Ahsoka and specifically in the fight with Gar Saxon, right? She kind of gets her Anakin Dooku moment and does the opposite of 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 that she catches it and then puts it to her neck he doesn't yield. She says, I'm not going to kill you. She walks away. Her mother shoots Gar Saxon before he can shoot her. And then we get Sabine actually being one of the first members to break off. Like at this point, I don't know where they were in story writing or for what they were going to do with because I I knew that they were going to bring her bring her back for the finale. Obviously, that's that's what ends up happening. Back to the fight. My last question for the story in the legacy of Mandalore, we see Sabine Sabine defeat Gar Saxon but refuse to kill him. Why is that so important to Sabine's character? Not only as a rebel, but especially a Mandalorian.
1: And she she's dealing with she's dealing with the past of creating a weapon that killed her own people. And so to be put into this situation where she she once again has to contend with. It's all about what we've been talking about with the Mandalorian and and you know the Mandalorian culture, so much infighting and so much blood has been spilt via each other that's like at that very moment, I imagine the Sabine is just thinking about, am I going to kill another Mandalorian? You know what, what he's done and what he represents. And, uh, and I think that's what she's thinking about. And I think she comes to the correct conclusion in my, in my opinion, um, to, to not spill any more blood, at least, um, blood that will be on her hands. Yeah.
4: I think it's, I mean, it's very much there's, there's so much to unpack there with that moment. And I love, I just, I love that moment so much. Um, I think a lot of it definitely has to do with, she has this thought of she's already done, as I've said, like enough, enough Mandalorians have died because of her, um, not to like put the blame on her, but she's actually contributed to that. And obviously she doesn't want to continue um, making this to lead to that. But I think so much of it, too, is her. Because there's this whole concept in the show, and especially in that episode, of kind of what the traditional Mandalorians look like, and how, you know, traditionally, obviously, they value family. Like, here's kind of the traditional set of Mandalorian values. Sabine broke away from that. This is why she essentially isn't, like, accepted back into Clan Wren at first, even though she definitely 100% is. Um, But it really is about taking the past and making your own decisions with it and having agency. And I think that's kind of the first, I feel like that's the first time you see a moment. Well, granted, we don't see like a ton of the Darksaber in Clone Wars as far as like being passed around to different people. But that's really the first moment you see like, oh, okay, this is the way to break with the past and how they can begin to move forward in the future. Um, And I think a lot of that has to do, again, as we know, Sabine is a good person. Um, but it really has to do again with the greater thematic elements of you know one person can make a difference and you know carrying hope into the future um I just it's such a beautiful moment where she's like, no.' Um, yeah. But I mean, it's definitely it's like breaking with Mandalorian tradition, but then she's creating something new in the process. And then also it gives a moment for Ursa to just be a total badass.
2: So mm-hmm. <laughs> 10 out of 10. And I think it's kind of an homage to Kanan a little bit because she doesn't kill Gar Saxon. And she's because remember... Uh, when Ezra and Kanan have had those interactions with Mandalorian, Kanan has said they are just so much different than Jedi. And it's like, why do Mandalorians have to be this way? And Sabine shows that they're not all like that. And I think it was kind of an homage to like Kanan being like, hey, I, 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 I see where you're coming from. I'm learning things, even though I'm not subconsciously saying these things. Like she's picking up on what he's trying to teach her. And I think that's very, very important to see because of the Mandalorian culture, like you guys were saying. Like that's, it's pretty much violence all the way through to see Sabine show uh, restraint and make that decision not to kill Gar Saxon after everything that he has done to Mandalore and everything that he has done to her family specifically, I think is a huge thing for her character moving forward.
3: And like specifically just like, What Fen Rouse says at the end of the episode when Ursa Ren finally shoots Gar Saxon as a line of this is going to create chaos for Mandalore because Gar Saxon was directly the Emperor's hand. I've always said this as well, like I feel like while the episodes for Mandalore and the Clone Wars are important, I feel like the Rebels episodes add way more to the mythology for Mandalore specifically because it gives us like a lens into the political aspects for each individual clans families and what it means and how the Imperial super commandos come into that factor, especially with how Gar's action basically, and pretty much like uses Sabine against clan Ren as like a way to like embarrass them and be like, Tristan you're now my right hand and now you're going to serve me to make up for your sister's failure. And then with the way she's kind of, because you saw Ursa Ren in Clone Wars Season 7, the way, like, how he's kind of flipped Ursa from being really, the, like, the cornerstone for Mandalore into this kind of, like, servant for the Empire and, like, how she's constantly having to make choices of do I care about my family or do I care about Mandalore? And it's, like, this very interesting way of just pitting their ideals against each other. And, again, it's just I love how that's just been added to this episode.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh that's gonna be it for the story of uh these two episodes. Char, you ready to get into the lore? I am. Wow, that was
0: <laughs> that was a while. <laughs> but it was worth it. That was a great conversation. But let's dive into the lore of the Darksaber arc. Don't
2: be too proud of this podcast you've
1: constructed the ability to tell three interesting facts
0: is insignificant next to the power of the lore. And the lore. For today's episode, episode 98, is lightsaber training. Whoa, go crazy. In this arc, we see Sabine train with Kanan and Ezra with training sabers to prepare her for wielding the darksaber. In Star Wars, lightsaber training is always awesome to see, not for the fact that we see some lightsaber combat, but some of the greatest character growth comes from lightsaber training sequences. Some examples, Luke using the training remote. On the Millennium Falcon in A New Hope, where he learns from Obi-Wan how the force flows within a Jedi. Anakin and Obi-Wan training in the Kenobi Show, where Obi-Wan tells Anakin that he is a great warrior, but his need to prove himself holds him back from becoming a Jedi Knight. Ahsoka defending herself from the 501st Clone Troopers in Tales of the Jedi, which directly leads into how she survived Order 66. Din facing the armorer in the Book of Boba Fett, where he realizes that he is not worthy enough to wield the Darksaber. And a lot of different moments. But throughout every piece of Star Wars media, books, TV, films, etc., what is your favorite lightsaber training moment, and how does that moment resonate with you? We'll give you guys a minute or two.
1: Wow, that's a good I question. I actually have one in mind. That is from Forces and Destiny.
2: Oh, um, oh, where, yes. Where Ahsoka
1: is, is training oh. Jarkai for the first time with Yoda, and like obviously we see that Yoda can easily wamp anybody in lightsabers, but like his his lesson in that in that is not how to be a better duelist. It, it, his lesson to to Ahsoka in that moment was how to be yourself. She's using two lightsabers. For the first time, and she's emulating Anakin's forms. All Yoda ha- like is saying is like, the- "This style is not you." And-, and it also goes hand in hand with like my argument against indoctrination as well. When-, when people make that argument with the Jedi Order, basically tells her you need to find your way, and you need to you need to find the best way to express yourself. And and Ahsoka finally, you know, she she realizes that she needs to be herself and find her own style with these two lightsabers, because obviously Anakin doesn't fight with two lightsabers. He he sometimes does, but her, her entire style revolves around the, these two, a Shoto and a, and, a, and a longer standard saber. So I like that moment where you have to separate yourself from your master in those moments of finding your own way to be yourself, because... We see it with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. You know, Obi-Wan drilled to the ground with the basics for the longest time, and he finds Sarisu a way for him to express himself. And and like he's the negotiator first, and so he's always going to be on the defense, waiting for the opening, waiting for them to crack, and, and he finds it mm-hmm. nine times out of ten. And 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 so that that lesson for sure is probably the, the best training scene for me with Yoda and Ahsoka. That
0: was beautifully said. <laughs>
1: We
2: make USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com bundle. USAA. Restrictions apply. Why
1: is Instacart the holiday rescue app? Because you can get all your seasonal decor delivered instead of having to drive to 12 different stores. Candles and candy canes? Delivered. Reese and reindeer? Delivered. Lights from Lowe's? Delivered. And since I know you're going to ask, Inflatable Snowman? Delivered. So this season, stay in and get decked out. Download Instacart, the Holiday Rescue app, to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer
0: valid for a limited time, $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Like, I've never seen that particular thing because I haven't finished Forces of Destiny, but after I'm going back and watching that after this.
2: <laughs> By the way, speaking of Forces of Destiny, we got, uh, well... I mean, I got blasted <laughs> during the, guess that Star Wars character in 60 seconds. The Han one. I said, uh, or I can't remember, but it was like somebody was like, oh, yeah, they're in uh, Forces of Destiny." Like, are you sure they're not in a show? And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're not in a show. And then they're like, oh, you obviously haven't watched Forces of Destiny. And I was like, got me there. <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> I, I've i watched them, but I can't. I, I could not remember well, them. I mean,
0: wouldn't. Well. Forces of Destiny be technically categorized as
1: shorts. It's in the shorts category. <laughs> yeah,
2: yes. Yeah. I mean,
0: it's not really a show,
2: but, but kind I mean, of. It, but it, but it, but it's like, isn't it in the same vein as most? I thought you, technically, those are shorts. I guess. I
0: mean, um, still canon. So true. Yeah, uh, Beth. What is your favorite lightsaber training moment or sword training?
4: I mean, okay, so right, just to comp- <laughs> sword training. It can be lightsaber training. Um, I training. Do we mean like an official? Like, initial training scene because I think one of the things that's interesting in Star Wars is like we have little nuggets like failure is the greatest teacher, and I think obviously he's going for, I think he's I think different for, different going for training. Training. I guess.
0: sword combat. Because, I mean, you can think like the Yoda and Luke thing and Empire Strikes Back, but that's I'd say that's more oh. Jedi training because this is Sabine, and Sabine's obviously not a Jedi, so I was just like, what's a good moment? Like, it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. have to be a Jedi, I mean, nine times out of ten, it would be a Jedi, but except for exceptions for anyone who's wielded the dark saber, but um, yeah,
4: just... just... I was just going to say anything with nubs. Nubs!
0: Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this
1: open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West. Close to perfect. Far from normal. I didn't see it coming. Life can be so unpredictable. After losing my dad, it made me think about my family if something were to happen to me. The mortgage, car payments, and all the other bills. Even things like our annual summer vacation would be out of reach. I had heard about life insurance through Ethos and how easy it was to get coverage. They were right. I knew it was time to stop putting it off and get life insurance right now. I got on my computer and went to ethoslife.com. In just 10 minutes, I was covered. And boom, family protected.
2: Nub supremacy i got this for our anniversary atlantis and i watched it and i i love nubs so now he is like the like sponsor for the pod one so actually that's chewy disney disney cut a check um just kidding i'll show you
1: the you can use this as a sticker for yourself
2: (laughs) a bunch of stickers of, of nubs did you really yes Nubs,
4: Nubs capitalism. Why did we get 900 Mandalorian Funko? Like, where's my Nubs Funko Pop? That's. I have, a, I have a lot to say about Funko Pops in general and the lack of Funko Pops, but um, they should at least give me a nub. There and we right
2: go. Nub supremacy. No way. Harris, you prem- Harris, grab me. nubs. Thank Harris, you grab nubs. Thank Harris, grab thank them. Thank oh, you, them. Thank oh, thank them. You, you have just created that. That that actually works perfectly.
1: <laughs> I'm a menace with those stickers on WhatsApp.
2: Hey, it, it's kind of a cop out.
0: As long as it doesn't have RTD2 in it.
2: I'm going with Anakin training Ahsoka uh, with the blasters. <laughs> <Tales of Jedi. laughs>
0: yeah and that's a really good one it's, it's, I, it's such a good one
2: yeah it's such a good one because it's he's trying to teach her that he's not always going to be there and she has to be prepared for when that time comes and she needs to be prepared to defend herself because she is trying to prove herself the entire time during that because she's like Anakin shows up late which uh, of course because he just got done probably doing the nasty with Padme Amidala in the back of a speeder <laughs> um, but okay it's canon <laughs> it's canon that uh padme and anakin are freaking in the sheets i i'm sorry like we could have we could have said that from a mile away but anyway uh like like he shows up late and oh she God. and then he's not impressed and then he's not impressed with her performance like, he's like yeah that's because it's like this is easy do you want a real challenge and then he challenges her. And then that's what makes her a better Jedi is that he's he's trying to get her to push herself to the limit. And, and um, are his methods always the best? Absolutely not. Do they get the job done, though? Most of the time. <laughs> so that one is so I love that one so much. <laughs> that's,
0: that's what I Did you have any that came to mind? Yeah, nubs. Oh, yeah.
2: There, bro. Nubs, oh, I forgot about adventure. nubs. How dare
4: oh, I? I said nubs. Yeah. Just nubs, period. Just nubs.
2: Oh, no, 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 nubs, nubs. I forgot about <laughs> nubs. <laughs> nubs. You, you're also <laughs> forgetting. to about represent nubs. Else. nubs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And hair.
0: I know. You. Say what you need to say. I love Before how Luke John Mayer.
3: started off with the cop-out answer but i actually am going to give out a cop-out answer because you said it during your monologue. but i'm still going to say it it's i really like the obi-wan anakin training sequence in kenobi not just because oh this is a really good training sequence it's what i love the most about that is how it's used in the episode specifically of like how it represents this kind of like microcosm of the relationship that it's been this entire time. Like, Anakin's always just looking to win no matter what. He's always going to try to do whatever it takes to win and he's always just blinded by it. And just the way that, like, as, like, the scene progresses, it's like... You can see like every aspect of Anakin, Obi-Wan throughout their entire relationship. And it's just just the way it's shot and the way it's edited and the way like the message of like your need for victory blinds you. It's just can't ask for a better training sequence than that.
0: And also uh, Hayden Christensen smiles, which whenever he smiles, I smile.
3: (laughs) I want to say one thing
4: so with the Harris you brought up the training sequence with Anakin and Obi-Wan the thing that I find fascinating about that I'm sure other people hopefully I'm sure everyone has realized this at some point but it's told it's one linear story but it's told through both of their POVs like you go in one POV you go in Obi-Wan's POV and then you'll go out in Vader's slash maybe Anakin's and then you will go in Anakin's and go out in Obi-Wan's so it's fascinating because it's also a story of unreliable narrators and it's how each of them interpreted the same event so that's I think that's one one of the most fascinating things about the way they set up that fight or not the fight the training sequence if you will because
2: it's also like
4: what are the layers there what is really going on
2: we can't we can't unfortunately (laughs) why can't we good one i mean because this
1: is about trials
2: (laughs) 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 even though we only touched on it for a little bit Well, I also think another one could be in the Anakin Obi-Wan comic when Anakin is facing off against the hologram of Darth Maul and Obi-Wan like sees that and is like, ooh, that's
3: a little problematic, but I don't know how to talk to him about it. (laughs) Well, because it's the fact that Anakin's going to Obi-Wan being like, so how did you beat Maul? What did you do with that? Nixie- yeah, yeah.
2: And Obi-Wan's like, honestly, kid, I just pulled it out of my ass. I'm going to lie to you. Oh, well,
0: lie to you. Let, well, let me tell you something, Anakin. So there's a thing about having the low ground. There's advantage to <laughs> it, yeah. sure, but I'm not going to tell you. No, okay. that's
2: why. That's why. That's why. OK, this all goes full <laughs> circle. It's a head. It's a pod one's cannon. Obi-Wan purposely told Anakin that he could always win with the low ground. And that's why he says that he has the high ground. Said.
0: Poor Anakin getting the <laughs> psychology from <Guess> Obi-Wan.
2: information. <laughs> Not
0: just the yeah. negotiator, but the instigator.
3: Well, I mean, like I said, yeah. Anakin didn't learn his lesson from Obi-Wan.
1: Make
0: it go
3: full
1: circle. <laughs> Negotiations always have to be short.
0: Without further ado, since we're done with that, let's dive into the interconnectedness of this episode. I feel so bad.
2: In my experience, <laughs> there's no such thing as luck.
0: Luke, and, why are you feeling bad?
3: Okay, let's do let's do the behind the scenes and then I'll ask the question. So Luke, you get to explain the situation and then we'll just Okay. So
2: <laughs> Herod texts me and
3: goes, Hey, I have this question for interconnectedness.
2: sends it to like he gives me like a little bit of synopsis, like a little bit of what he's thinking. I was like, Okay, cool. On the fly, completely forgot that he had that question. (laughs) I asked that question to Beth about the Darksaber, and then we just started talking about the history. Talking about the history... He goes, he goes, that was my question. And I go, oh, fuck. (laughs) Because,
3: like, it's always a joke that, like, Luke always steals my questions. And I was like, preemptively going to the guitar going, this is what I'm thinking about (laughs) doing. And then then they just happen. I just, I
2: am being serious. It's, I like, I did not mean to do it.
3: Yeah, Luke, Luke. So, like, there's
0: some sometimes. Sometimes when we're formulating our questions, we kind of like, we're just like, oh, what tickles our fancy? And sometimes the same things. (laughs) Yeah. At once. Accidentally. Because initially I was going to do something with like Family Matters with Ursa and Sabine. Oh, yeah. And I was like... I feel like lightsaber training is a pretty cool one because there's a lot of instances where stories get really developed yeah. with those moments. But because, uh, I mean, there's a bunch of family matters in Star Wars. But maybe I'll
3: save that for another time. Yeah. Anyway, without further ado, we can just I'll dive into it. So the trial of the Darksaber arc sheds light on the complex history and internal conflicts of Mandalore. How does the journey of Sabine Red and her quest to wield the Darksaber intertwine with the history of Mandalore, showing the weapon's role as a symbol of leadership for uniting or dividing its people?
2: Okay, so it was a lot more complex than that, so I didn't take his complete question.
1: I just think, in general, it's it's her journey with it, because her intrinsic problems and issues lie with the division of her people, you know? And when she ends up winning it again, she doesn't want it, because that symbol is too heavy of of a symbol to bear, you have that much baggage. Um, And that's why she stays behind. To begin with, she, she needs to reconnect with her family and, and and just kind of find herself again. And she gives it up to, um, to Bo-Katan. In essence, the, the very symbol of a sword that symbolizes rulership over Mandalore that, that can shift ownership via combat willy-nilly <coughs> kind of like symbolizes the the very shaky foundation and the tumults of Mandalorian culture. It's always going to be divided because somebody is always going to be vying for the saber. And the being the wielder, you represent that division and unity at the same time.
4: Oh, well, if we, we can definitely talk about the history of the dark saber. But I think the thing that's most fascinating that we've seen with the dark saber thus far in all, pretty much all of Star Wars media Anybody who is actually potentially a good person who should be in power doesn't want the Darksaber. Yep. Um, They take a moment. They're like, no, this is not, this is not level of, It's not even responsibility. It's just the fact they have that moment of being cognizant what means. And they're like, no, let's do something else. Um, And the fact then it's always foist upon them in some way. I feel like it's almost a litmus test to see like, okay, what is this person's moral character? Are they actually fit to lead? And obviously we see Din be like, no, I'm good. And we know he'd be a good, like he'd be a relaxed leader, if you will. But that's not what he truly wants. And then Bo obviously is like, no, at first. And even when she has the opportunity to take the Darksaber back in... Is it Mines of Mandalore? Mines of Mandalore. She just you know gives it back to Den and she's like okay here you go so I think again it really acts in a way that's counterintuitive to how it acts within
3: the Star Wars universe it reflects who should be in charge and again I'll even give into like a little bit of like behind the scenes of writing the question like originally it was something about the Mandalorian Civil Wars and tying that into the Dark Saber and then like all that with Tarvisla. but like if you think about it all the way to the beginning when they first stole it and it's how like like Ben Rousey was like used to unite its people and then like I was thinking about it like you could obviously tie this into the Dark Saber didn't really matter during the Clone Wars and Satine was able to just rule over Mandalore peacefully without any issues in previous La Hatton, it just didn't really matter and then obviously again like Maul taking over and using it as a symbol of division and just finally like, toppling that over and then like obviously Sabine talks about it being like yeah I got it from Maul I don't want anything to do with it so like to even like Mando season 3 like what you said like with the whole like oh like her like giving it back consistently and then this, the destruction of it now re-symbolizing that the division on Mandalore is basically over yeah did you just no. jinx
4: Mandalore did you just jinx Mandalore <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yep, well,
2: yeah, uh, man, knock on wood. Hopefully,
3: it's too busy with the new republic. Mandalore yeah.
2: Mandalore is screwed, and it's all too busy with to her production. <laughs> so it wasn't the Mandalorian's fault. Mandalore failed, it was Herith Production's
3: production. <laughs> you know, also someone else's fault. It's my Charm. fault
2: for taking your wait, what I was thinking a
3: joke I was just gonna try to take that and the hand of three stick facts. Oh,
2: oh. <laughs> uh, hey, I like segues. What
0: was, do it, do it, do it. No, that was really botched. Starts the ah. <laughs> Three interesting facts about a certain Rebels arc that you didn't know about until now. 37, the Darksaber arc edition. Fact one, Bendu's input. In the outline stage, Kanan would seek guidance from Bendu regarding trading Sabine, but this was changed to Hera, which kept it in the family. In... Also, Sabine's not Force-sensitive. Fact 2. Sabine's original family. The idea of Sabine having a sibling has been a story thread evolving over the course of the series. In the series pre-production, Sabine was to have a twin sister named Satcha. Later, it was changed to a brother, and at one point, the character was supposed to be the, co- the protector of Concord Dawn. This was changed to Fen Rao as that episode developed. Fact 3. New friends, new memories. Sabine's bunk has been updated with new art including illustrations of a pupper pig Purgil, katsu lando and callus and zeb as best friends and there you have it those are the three interesting facts about a dark saber arc nice and cad nice. bane yeah cad bane too wait what cad bane's in there as well in the oh. art yeah
4: cad bane wins the dark saber did you not
3: see the <laughs> yeah. whole... did you not watch that part of clone fan. yeah big fan. your fake fan yeah
2: <laughs> yeah, well, fanboys suck. Whatever. Do you know how much I fought for that dark saber? What in the hell? That didn't even sound like that, man. Wait, so was it was it bad? Was it good? Yeah, do it again. I love
4: good. I learned-
0: do I you know how hard I fought for that dark saber? I, I No, no, no. No. Okay, all you guess and say ha Just say it a hundred times. You're like, oh, I can do his voice. Wow. Do you
1: know how how much I've fought for the dark saber?
3: See see, I I'd say I'd say Pep's was better. We also have the element of the sure gang, which makes our voice sound deeper. Yeah, fuck you, Char. Uh
2: anyway. Uh <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do, get, do voices do We're gonna we're gonna get the into highest. ranking this. We're gonna get into ranking this episode. Okay. Your Dooku is unmatched. We all know this. You do a great Dooku. That's fine. You're welcome. Don't ever say I don't (laughs) give you compliments. Uh, Obviously, I I have a feeling that we're going to do, we're all going to be Grand Admiral, right? But for different reasons.
0: Yeah, maybe. But, Papa, what's your ranking? I'm
1: going to give it a Grand Admiral
0: for sure. There's one?
4: Grand Admiral. My favorite episode of Rebels. I knew it. My favorite arc. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I, I can remember when we started making the list. I knew that you, <laughs> trials of the Trials of the Darksaber was like on lock for
3: you. <laughs> um yes.
0: Pep, where do you put this?
3: Um yes. Pep, where do you
2: put this? You mean Harris?
3: D- Mr. New Not a Kyber? Dude, are you okay? Harith. Jason, not a kyber. Man, Char, you're you're really losing it, you see and I old man. Do we need to do flashcards of people like Harris Productions? Yes. Okay, Snape. <laughs> okay. Obviously, it's Grand Admiral. Grand Admiral? You, wow, you just cut me off on my explanation. God damn. Well, you paused <laughs> yourself. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I was going to say, it's a Grand Admiral for multiple reasons. Just because I feel like, like I said earlier, it's like, it's the first really, truly driven character episode for Rebels. The fact that it's able just to take time and just to focus on Sabine and what makes her tick. And then we have, like, I feel like Kevin Kiner, this is one of Kevin Kiner's best episodes score-wise. Like, the final piece of, like, Sabine versus Kanan really pops off. Again, like I think Filoni's writing here was probably some of Feloni's best writing when he's not restricted by anything and you can just focus on characters and just let that drive the plot. So from top to bottom, it's, it's Grand Admiral. I'll go with you first.
2: Oh, OK, I'll go Grand Admiral. I just think it's the best. Uh, uh, all right. Yeah, I'm just going to ignore that. Um, uh, so... Uh, I'm gonna go with Grand Admiral because I feel like the voice acting, the the score, the just the overall story of the of this arc is just up there. It's up there with a lot of Clone Wars arcs for me, and that you I could literally feel Sabine's like struggle in that first episode, and I think that makes it for me. And throughout my ranking is because of that. <clears throat> yeah, well, surprise, surprise, it's a Grand
0: Admiral for me. Uh, I agree with you, Luke. The weight of Sabine's emotions throughout the yep. first. Episode mainly, it, it hit me like a rock. Uh, I'm sure it did for a lot of you, too. Mm-hmm. And then her reconnecting with her family. That was, it was interesting just to see the fact that her mom didn't want her there. And then she was like, okay, Gar Saxon, screw you. But also, rest in peace, Ray Stevenson. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I then... That. But like it was a huge growth moment and seeing Sabine step away. It, that, that also plays a factor in it, too.
2: So, yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Ray Stevenson. Uh, we, when did, we lost him, what, last week? Was it last week? Right. Two weeks ago. Yeah. Or was it two oh, weeks yeah. ago? Did we really have we really not brought that up? All of you are lucky to get to see him in person. Oh yeah, celebration! Yeah. I didn't get yeah, to see I was in I was in the. I was in the room. I was in the room. It, <laughs> who uh, was who was responsible for that? Air. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The only reason. The only reason. <laughs> I why, had his The, reason, the reason I was in there. Well, well me and Alanis were in there was because of, of Beth. Because you know, Beth's the best. But I got you. um, rest in peace, uh, Ray Stevenson. we praying for his family uh it, it that is gonna make the ahsoka series that much more memorable which is mm-hmm. kind of a sad thing a lot of the things that he talked about in that show was that he had a whole lot of fun doing it so i mean it, it's gonna be one hell of a uh hell of a story arc for him for his yeah, character i mean and i mean
0: this predicament is very similar to what happened with carrie fisher carrie. before the last jedi yeah because like That was like the last time. And um obviously we get bits of her and Rise of Skywalker, but that was like her full final time. And uh this will be Ray Stevenson's, and I uh I'm really excited to see his performance because uh it's gonna be a memorable one. So
2: yeah. Uh also happy Pride Month to all of our friends, family, followers, and the LGBTQ plus community. Uh I had tweeted out something from the account earlier. But uh, I just want to put it out for the for the record that everybody is heard. Everybody is valued. Um, we see you. We we love you. We're, we're always here for you. Our community is always going to be a safe space for those that don't feel like they belong. You're always welcome in this community and just happy Pride Month. Yeah, absolutely love it. So but that's going to be it for this episode. Uh, Pep, where can the good people follow you on the social media?
1: Underscore Element Seven an underscore and on YouTube at Dyad in the Forest, D-Y-A-D. This Saturday is our Real Fans Would Know Attack of the Clones edition.
2: Ooh. 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 Real some, Fans Would Know Attack name. of the Clones. I wonder who you'll have on. That's an interesting conversation. we we'll uh, with our support. Uh, okay, Dooku, get the <laughs> hell out of here. Uh, Dooku, <laughs> Count Dooku is a cold-blooded killer. Um. Uh, Beth, where can the good people follow you on the social medias?
4: <laughs> <laughs> nowhere as <worries. laughs> entertaining as this. Um, you find me at Marjana Skywalker on TikTok, Mara underscore j Skywalker on Twitter, and mara.j.skywalker is. On Instagram.
3: <laughs> Harriet, where can the good people follow you on the social medias? Well, of course, you can find me at Harriet Productions on TikTok and Instagram. You can find me at Harriet Underscore Edits on Twitter. You can find me here at the Podwans. Please watch all the trivia tournament matches when they come out. They are, they are all, all are a
2: lot. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of work, um, but we'll have promo and stuff that we'll put on Instagram, uh, Twitter and, and TikTok and everything and reels on here on YouTube as well. So be on the lookout for that. Jar, where can the good people follow you on the social medias? Good people, you can find me on TikTok, Twitter and Instagram at Char as spelled right
0: here. And you can find me here at the Palm Ones podcast every Thursday night as we cover our Star Wars Rebels rewatch. Check us out next week for another highly anticipated episode. Season three, episode 17 through Imperial
2: eyes. And by the way, I know if you've been watching or you have been listening to this podcast, had Chase have uh, memoirs or do slideshows, just be ready. It's going to be Atlantis's, uh masterpiece next week. So uh, we might not talk a whole lot So, just be ready. Um, You can follow us at the Pod Ones on all social medias. Like, comment, subscribe uh, for our audio listeners. If you would like to give us a five star rating, give us a a review, that would help us a long way. But yeah, that's going to be it. Uh, And as always, may the force be with you. Always. Always.
0: See you guys. Here in Key West, we were out
1: before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What
3: do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?